Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello, writers. I'm Josiane Fartay, and today I'm interviewing Amy Quiriconi. So she's the self-published author of the books The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business and Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business. I thought that one was really original. <laughs> I never thought of that. So thank you so much for being on the show. And please tell us a little bit about you. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I want to clarify, I'm, a, I'm an author that's gone the route of publishing two ways. The first book was self-published. The second book, The Fearless Woman's Guide to Business, is actually through a publisher. So I have oh, okay. the experience of both of those, um, both of those fields. Um, the wedding book, funnily enough, um, came about because over the course of my professional life, I'm actually a, a businesswoman and an entrepreneur, excuse me, and I, uh, at one point in my securitous career, ended up uh, in a relationship with a guy that was trying to do weddings on his, on his property because we live in this community out in the rural area just outside of Seattle, Washington, where a lot of farm-based venues are really very popular with, um, you know, with couples for, as a location to get married. And it was in the course of actually um, a couple of years of running the business and then deciding that my childhood dream was always to be a writer, but I never did. Like I never wrote a book. I'm like a lot of people, right? I spent years thinking about doing it. I've got note cards of all my ideas that I'm going to do from fiction to nonfiction and back and forth. Um, and so uh, finally what happened was, is that I decided to kick off and wanted to write. Um, and so what I do is um, I take all my business experience. I've owned companies. I've worked in large organizations. I've had a lot of leadership roles from engineering to weddings to uh, construction and manufacturing. I've started um, you know, a manufacturing company many years ago and um, achieved, you know, set it up to be nationwide distribution and back again. Um, but at this point in time in, in my life, it's a little different for me because it, through the course of doing all of those really cool things, I had a lot of personal and professional failures that came with it. Um, and so I ended up on a journey of, of self-help to be a better mother, to be a better woman, to be a better business person. And then now when I reemerged and finally kicked off like a full-blown, you know, writing career, it is the blend of all the mental health and psychology and neuroscience and how it actually affects us as people and more particularly how it affects us as entrepreneurs and business people. And, um, and so my, my path is woven over 20 some years of being a professional to this place where I am now. So the wedding book is like this random thing I did four years ago. And the fearless woman's guide to starting a business is like really the newer version of, you know, or the newer incarnation of, of who I am, you know, as a writer and as a professional. So that's so interesting. And I'm really wondering, why did you decide to self-publish for one book and to go to the traditional publisher for the second book? I want to know, like, what was your thought process? Uh, and it's a great question um, because I decided to go with self-publishing um, because it was, uh, you know, I published that book back in 2016 and, you know, years before, I mean, go 10 years before that and, you know, self-publishing, I'm putting air quotes around that for the listeners, um, was considered vanity publishing. And you really couldn't 
publish on your own. You could go find a company that would actually help you do the publishing work. They would do the printing and they would do the book cover design and all that other stuff. And you paid them a lot of money to be able to do that. And so if you were like most writers, and I think I was looking at the statistics, you know, about 2% of the people out there that are writers actually get a publishing deal. And that was, you know, and again, that's changed and, and grown quite a bit. And so if you were a writer with a story to tell and a book to sell, you know, your other option was, was to pay several thousand dollars to these vanity publishers and have them help you put your book out. And what I wanted to do at that, at that time, like that just was cost prohibitive for me. And so then suddenly, um, you know, the self-publishing field opens up, you know, with all these platforms where if you just want to take the time to learn how to do it, you can actually get a book to market at a very, very low cost, almost no money out of pocket, except for your time, or unless you hire somebody to help you edit it or, you know, proofread and stuff. And so I decided that I needed to start flexing my writing muscle and I wanted to learn what self-publishing and independent publishing was really like. And so I picked a topic that was so easy for me that I could just sit down and, you know, in like a month, just crank out. And the book was only 30,000 plus words and 80 pages long. Um, and so I didn't really worry about it being a long book. I worried about learning how to do self-publishing from creating a book to book design, to interior work, to getting it on the market, to all of that stuff. And that's why I chose to self-publish because I thought that would be my path forward. Um, and, I'm, and it is like, it's still a, a mechanism for me. Now, then what happens, you fast forward four years and um, I have a podcast where I talk about mental health and, and, um, and self-improvement and psychology and stuff. And one of my guests had uh, published on one of her social media profiles that she had just gotten this book deal. Well, as a writer, you know, really the ultimate dream for us is to actually be validated through the experience of a publisher wanting to do your work, right? I mean, it's, so call it ego, call it whatever, but it's kind of like, you know, it's the ultimate stake that everybody goes for. And so I asked her about the publisher she was working with and, um, and she made a warm introduction to her editor. And at that point I was ready to write because now I had my two years plus of my podcast and I was starting to build this concept again of how mental health and, and how adversities actually impact us in entrepreneurship. And so I had a book ready to go. I just wanted the outlet for it. And I wanted to go the publishing route because the benefits of publishers are there's a team now. So when you're self-publishing, you're everything. You're the designer, you're, you know, unless you start hiring it out to a bunch of people. But with a publishing company, you've got marketing departments, you've got, you know, graphic designers, you've got editors that proofread your stuff for you, which is amazing because I'm terrible as an editor. Um, and so I wanted to have the ability to have a team since it's still just me. And, and so that's why I chose to go that. And so then after a warm introduction, I was invited to submit a proposal. Then the editors all had to look at my proposal and everybody else and decide if I fit into their schedule. And then they accepted my proposal and I got a book deal like just over a year ago. So. Okay. And uh, how do you feel about how this support you with the marketing? The marketing from the publisher? Yes. Um, oh, well, one of the things is, you know, graphic design is great. I don't have to worry about that. And that's something that I actually have through my business and entrepreneur experience, like a lot of graphic work. And there, it's just, it's time consuming to do that. Um, and so that's been beneficial. Now we're actually kicking off because the book that's coming out is actually publishing in April of 2021. So I'm not sure when this airs. Um, and so they're right now in the midst of uh, getting ready to start to pitch it to PR firms and, okay. uh, and to podcasts and all that other stuff. And to know that I don't have to do as much of that on my own is kind of like, a, 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still have a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. Like, and I think most writers know that if you work for a publisher and they do some work, but really you still have to be able to roll your sleeves up and do a lot of marketing work on your own in order to get, you know, as much bandwidth as you want, because they have other authors that they're working with. You're not the only person that they're trying to, you know, to publish and release with and stuff. But it is nice to just take a little bit of heat off of that. There is some other people that are helping you. Um, and with the bigger events, you know, it's like being able to use them as a resource for experience and ideas and suggestions and then linking and networking with the right people and stuff like that, you know, access to things that I didn't have on my own. Okay. And for the future, do you plan to go with traditional publishing, a mix of both? What do you think? Um, I think it's honestly, it's probably going to end up being a mix of both. Um, you know, traditional publishers have a publishing calendar, like a lot of, you know, magazines and stuff like there's an editorial calendar, there's a quantity of books that they're trying to publish in a year. Um, and it's because they have a set of employees, they've got their own, you know, resources that they're trying to schedule out. And so you might be ready to publish something sooner than what the publisher might actually be ready to go for. And so, you know, I'm already thinking about like, what's my next book. And so I have to wait a few months to see if it's going to actually fit into the publishing schedule and be able to get out there. Or is it something that I'm going to actually publish on my own? And, um, and then you have to do that very consciously to make sure you don't undermine your publisher's work um, and, you know, and yet also make sure that you're getting the benefit to you. I do know some people that do both, you know, some of their content that they do through their publisher is very specific, but when they want to get a little bit more creative and get outside of the format of the publisher, then they'll opt to go and, and self-publish their own book. And I foresee that, you know, just because there's so much good stuff out there that I want to be able to do that. I'm kind of impatient and, you know, publishing takes like, you know, it's been over a year, it'll be yes. 15, you know, 13 months before my book hits the market. And I'm just like, so excited, but you know, it makes sense. And, you know, there's a lot of people involved and stuff. So, yeah, it makes sense. And what platform did you choose when you self-published a first book? Um, it started off as Create Space, and now it's actually been um, incorporated under the Kindle Direct Publishing platform. So it was an Amazon-based um, uh, platform. Uh, like I said, I think it was like about a year or two years ago that Create Space went away. And then, uh, and so when you did it before, if you wanted to do a Kindle book, you had to go to a Kindle. And then if you wanted to do a print book, you had to go to Create Space, and then you merge those two together. And so, um, yeah, good times. I yeah, remember right. <laughs> back in <laughs> the days. And you're just like, oh, geez. And if an audio book, I haven't even tried audio because I mean, I, that's, you know, uh, that's a lot of like work and editing and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. the wedding book is fine. <laughs> would you like to record it yourself and then get someone to edit it? Or like, what would you do by someone who would read it? Um, I will. I do my own podcast. and I do my own like video show. So I, and obviously as you can hear, I love to talk. So reading my own book would be the dream um, with the wedding book. What I did instead of an audio book is I released a podcast that talks about the content. So that's how I kind of worked around it because editing the podcast and publishing it is a little less onerous than it is to do the audio um, with the fearless woman's guide to business. The publisher is actually making an audio version of the book and they're hiring out the voice talent. Like as a new author, you don't get to, you don't get to narrate your own <laughs> books right away. So my editor and I are like, that's going to be our goal though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because I think it would be fun. You know, sometimes our books sound best in our own voice, yes. especially for nonfiction. But if you're a fiction author, it may be better to actually have voice talent, you know, be the, you know, somebody whose voice uh, timbre, you know, matches the kind of the tone of the book itself. So, but you'll still get to see the process through somebody else and you'll learn like part of it while you're doing it. 
Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to hear how my words come out someone else's mouth. Right. (laughs) That's going to be a little bit weird, but you know, I'll have to look at that. So yeah. Uh, What advice would you give to aspiring authors? Gosh, so this question gets asked. And when I get into groups and I meet with people that are writing, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this as well. It is, you know, I really want to write and we do ruminate for years. I don't know what it is about. I mean, even myself um, and, you know, the best thing that I've ever heard and it means the most is just start writing it, you know, don't even worry about whether or not it's going to be published or who's going to publish it or whatever you know, flexing the writing muscle and getting the getting it exercising with words is one of the biggest ways of starting to unlock, you know, a bit of the blocks that we have. Because a lot of the blocks that we have are just emotional. They're about um, belief systems or about confidence. And once you start writing and you kind of get, you know, I always equate it as just get the junk out first, right? Like, you know, start the car up, let it kind of make a bunch of weird noises in the driveway, then start driving it and get, get gas in it. And you need to start doing that. So you have to commit to waking up one morning and just saying that that's the day that you begin and not worry about it and take a lot of the pressure off of yourself to just get that going. And then once you're able to kind of limber up the writing muscles, writing schedules are really important. And so what I did is I made sure that I structured a good time of my day. And it was always in the morning between four and I'm an early riser. So this might sound really terrible to people, but you know, if it has to be four or five o'clock in the morning where you can get yourself like two, three, maybe even four hours of quiet, uninterrupted time, and then commit to doing that every day. And what you do is you begin to habituate the process of time for you to write. And even if you only write 500 words or some mornings, I could crank out like 2000 words. Don't judge yourself on how many words get used to doing it on a consistent basis. And again, that gets your muscles trained, the writing muscles trained in there. And that will go a long ways towards being able to then build Um, the discipline that's required to be able to crank out books and get them written on timelines and meet your deadlines with a publisher or your own deadlines. And I think that those are like, those are my two biggest tips for people. Yeah, I really like that. And I feel some people want to know the whole road before they start driving, (laughs) to go back to your example, like they want to know everything that's and master every single step of the way, but you master it as you go. There's no way you can know everything before you get started. So I really like that advice. Right, right. My book even changed a little bit on it as I started to write, like you said, like, it's like I had an ending, but then even though the path to getting to it evolved, you know, as it comes together and you're absolutely right. And what advice would you give to someone who wants to self-publish? Like what was the hardest thing and things that you've learned when you self-published? The mechanics of it can be really overwhelming when you get onto like the platform, like at KDP, uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, and you don't know anything about the, the dashboard, right? And so sometimes that can be a conflict, like great writers are really good at creativity, but then they like zone out when they see like, you know, 45 menu options here and 10 across, and then they're like trying to figure that all out. And so that can be challenging. And if you're committed to learning it, then use the tutorials that are on there and just pick one thing to do. Don't try to do all of it at once because it can be overwhelming. So first thing to do would be uh, book interiors. Just learn how to set up the book interiors. Um, If you struggle with the book covers, they have a lot of book cover options on there that you can go ahead and choose. If you um, want to have somebody and hire somebody to do it, great. Um, But it is just don't overwhelm yourself by trying to do 10 things. I I keep a rule of thumb of three things. And so I'll plan a week 
what are the three things I want to do this week? I've got seven days, five days to crank that out. Not a task list of I'm going to do 10 things today because then you find yourself slipping behind, yarn is flexible, things change, and then you end up like becoming overwhelmed. And so with self-publishing, there's a lot of mechanics there. There's a lot of great videos that are out there for people that can walk you through it. And so if you need to watch a few videos to, to find out about that, listen to shows like yours on learning that. Um, but if you can get through that and, um, and feel comfortable with that, then the writing should really end up being the easy part for you. Like, that's what I think is, and in my, like I said, I decided to learn how to self-publish by not having the writing, like the, the subject be the hard thing, right? That's where most writers go. So if you have to think of a, you know, I'm going to just write 10,000 words. It's like a mini book but use the mini book to teach you how to do the self-publishing mechanics. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I'd like to know, how do you promote your book? Do you have any sales strategies? Um, so uh, websites are great because you need a landing page that's out there. Um, blogging to support it is good because what you're able to do is you're able to take content out of your book that's evergreen and actually kind of condense it off into bite-sized pieces on a blog. And what the blog will do is it'll generate the search engine optimization. When you have activity on a blog, um, and as writers, you know, we should be able to blog. Although I even admit like blogging is a totally different animal and I fall behind terribly on that. Um, you know, social media can actually help. It depends on who your market is and who you're trying to reach. Um, but if you're getting content out there, at least through the website, and it's a place where people can go and kind of get some, uh, you know, tidbits of it. And then the other thing to do is uh, look at your page that you set up. If you're self-publishing and you're using like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, um, do you have good keywords integrated into the write-up? Because people go to the search bars. And um, I know that with my publisher, which is Mango Publishing, they actually really rely a lot on digital marketing and the value of the keywords and the metadata that's involved in there. Because a lot of people are just simply searching for books. And if you, um, and so the turn your rural property into a wedding venue business, that is a search term that people type into Google. Like, how do I turn my rural property into a wedding venue? And so that's why I picked the title that I yeah. did. Um, and so then in your metadata or your descriptions should include keywords, questions, answers, things that people would literally be typing into Google search bars, because then they're going to be landing right on your book where it's listed, whether it's bookshop, Barnes and Noble or Amazon. And, and they'll find it. And I think that that's probably one of the most overlooked, but yet most powerful and, and effective marketing strategies for authors. Yeah, so I find it really smart, but it's hard to figure out like what keywords am I going to use and stuff like that. So it's some, definitely something I need to learn more about. So those yeah. are really good organic methods. Do you use any paid ads somewhere, Facebook, Amazon, or not? Um, I did. I've with the wedding book, I actually did some uh, Google ads and also did some Amazon ads. And I've been I'm reviewing the metrics right now. Um, I already knew what my sales data was before. And so one of the things that I think is important, especially if you're lean, right, and you're trying to like manage your money the best as possible is see what your organic sales are. You know, I had the benefit of four years of sales on my wedding book. So I could see what my trends would be. You know, when did people buy? And then when I applied advertising, then I could actually see whether or not advertising was moving that needle at all or not. And um, on the uh, Amazon ads, it looked like I did get more views, sponsored posts and things like that where it showed up. But I already had a, um, enough sales that it already kind of, I didn't really need to go the advertising route. Then I did Google to try to see, and I didn't get a, a huge conversion. 
Um, and so the other way of book advertising too, that's actually pretty, it's called guerrilla marketing. I mean, it's like an old term um, is see if you can get speaking opportunities, depending again on what your book is, if it's fiction or nonfiction. But if you're a nonfiction writer in the business realm or expertise guru realm, uh, you know, getting yourself invited to um, talk about your book or the content or some subject out of there and getting in front of faces allows you an op another opportunity that's low cost and it helps build your brand and it also helps raise awareness, you know, for your book. And that doesn't have to cost as much money and it's available. There's lots of groups and places where you can, you know, usually go out and get yourself invited to talk. So do you plan on using your podcast uh, to promote your your book that's coming out soon? Yes. Um, and so uh, with the Wedding Venue podcast that I already had, it's an evergreen podcast that's just cycling through old episodes. I have actually haven't added an episode to it in three years. Um, my platform that I use allows me to add a pre-roll advertisement. So I was able to go in, record a, hey, new book coming out or new book is published, go to and go buy it, you know, kind of thing. And so my podcast for my mental health will be the same. And I'm actually going to be releasing a Fearless Woman's Guide to Business podcast, which will be the subject matter of the book itself, more business focused, but with the psychology, um, because people will um, first get their information by searching for podcasts. And podcasts are really great. If um, Again, it can be very, can be done pretty simply. Um, but yeah, I will definitely be doing that to be able to support that. And then advertising the book on, you know, the other shows that I actually have. Okay. So this will be your third podcast, right? It will be. Yeah. Okay. And you're, <laughs> and the first one, you're not touching it anymore. You're not creating content, but like no, the second yeah. one, do you, do you plan on keeping it alive and having the, so you'll have two podcasts alive at the same time? Yes, I will. Um, okay. And so the first podcast, which is one broken mom um, has been out, it'll be coming into its uh, fourth season and uh, it has over like a hundred thousand downloads. I mean, I've got like a good following and a, you know, good content out there. It would be silly to let that go. Plus it's really rewarding because, you know, I, you know, it's an interview based show. I meet so many great and amazing people and it's really, it's, it provides value to people out there. So the third podcast with the fearless woman's guide to business is to take that, but make it more business focused because I don't want to disenfranchise the people that don't care about business. They just want to, you know, yeah. learn about childhood trauma and adversities and how to overcome that. And so, but I'm not trying to make it so that it's so complicated. So my shows used to be 40 episodes a season. And so I'll be dialing them down to 25 new episodes so that I can do the same capacity, but shift it over. And it's easy to do that when you've got an established show, but podcasts, there's no rules. I mean, you know, um, we grew up with TV and every season on a television show had 22 episodes or 23 episodes. And then we started binging on Netflix and realized that those seasons were like eight or 10 episodes. So we get to set the rules on podcasting and make it manageable and not overwhelm ourselves. Right. Do you plan to do interviews for the new podcast too? Yeah. And in fact, I've already started recording interviews. And so the new one will be a combination of shorter form where it'll just be me offering advice on a topic and then also bringing an expert experts for longer interviews. Okay. Um, and so I've been talking with, you know, business women and, um, and thought leaders in the realm of business and psychology. And I'm focusing because it is the fearless woman's guide to business. I am making that more female focused um, in terms of my guests and, you know, the subject matter. Okay. And what writing project is uh, the next one? What are you working on right now? My passion is really about trauma-informed business and leadership. Um, I think that, you know, when we talk about mental health as somebody, you know, people have really come to grasp in this last year about the, you know, how, how much 2020 uh, made us aware of 
inequities in businesses um, and jobs and life and balance and all these other things and how wearing that's been on the mental health of everybody across the board and in particular women, you know, um, for me, it is to focus on that. And so what I'm doing right now is I'm actually collecting together the, the path, you know, um, of a book that will actually speak to integrating trauma informed into business and leadership. And then, you know, I'm hoping again, whether that'll be self-published or with my publisher, I don't know yet. So I'm in the early stages of that. That's so smart because it ties to your audience that you already have built for the mm -hmm. podcast. And also it's a passion and an interest of yours. So it's, it's probably going to be uh, easy to write, even though it's mm -hmm. always challenging to start a new book. Right. So if people want to know more about you, where can they connect with you? Uh, the easiest place is my website, amiqueercony.com, which I'm sure you'll have in the podcast notes. And yes. nobody needs to know how to spell that. <laughs> um, but if you go there, you'll actually start to get, you know, get all the links off to all my other social media accounts, my LinkedIn, YouTube, you know, Instagram, podcast, and all that stuff. So I always guide people there first. You'll also be able to see the books um, and be able to get links to the books and everything. So that's the best, that's the best landing spot. Okay. Thank you so much. So I'll write that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners about this. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you are ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course, How to Self-Publish on Amazon. I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!